0: Well, I, I think, again, when you look at some of the things that, that, that have happened for us this year and, and, and in terms of growth and development, and looking at what's happening at uh, the quarterback position, you know, we, we feel really good about who Sam is becoming for us. And, and again, looking at some of the things that are going on um, and with the, the compensation we're getting for these players, you know, it's going to give us an opportunity to continue to, to build for the future. There's Ron Rivera talking about a future he's probably not going to be a part of. This is the D.C. Sports Huddle. I am Rob Woodfork, the ish Smith of the show. I've been traded so much alongside George Wallace, who, like Daryl Green, is a 20-year institution here, and Dave Preston, the Max Scherzer of the show. How so? Taking that high heat to multiple stops throughout what is a glorious career. Uh, We're hoping to get Ben Raby in here to uh, talk about the uh, Capitals' big news on uh, Nicholas Backstrom and uh, what his absence means for that team. But we're going to lead off with the Commanders, the big trades, before we get to the Commanders-Patriots predictions. Um, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, we knew one of them was going. I don't think any of us thought that both of them would go. George Wallace, you're the beat reporter. You were talking to some of the players on Wednesday. What's your reaction, and what's their reaction?
1: Well, my reaction is that they – I think that they wanted to keep Montez Sweat, but when they were offered a second-round pick, that is something you absolutely cannot turn down because Mm -hmm. you're either going to tag him next year or you're probably going to have a hard time re-signing him just because of the money, and you already have a lot of money invested in your defensive line right now. The Chase Young thing, I thought it was going to be Chase for sure. I think they were just done with Chase. Too many things behind the scenes, too many issues, and they just were just done with it. They just were going to move on from it. For everything that I've heard, uh, that is exactly what was going to happen. And then once uh, the sweat thing happened, I thought, oh, well, maybe they won't get rid of Chase. I didn't expect both to go. I didn't. Uh, But that just shows you how bad they really wanted to get rid of Chase because of what they took. Compensatory pick, third round. Come on, that's not even a... That's almost
0: a fourth rounder. Yeah. (laughs) So
1: that's how bad they wanted him to... uh, to leave town, I think they tried a lot of things with him over the years, and I think that it just wasn't working. And he'll go and play well in San Francisco. It'll be a rental. He's not going to sign in San Francisco. They've got so much money invested there, already a long-term deal. Right, they already have signs. Nick
0: Bosa. They yeah. have a lot of tough decisions to make at the end of the year, and this isn't a 49ers program, but yeah. I mean, this is, this is an all-in move for them. Yeah. Because basically their championship window is now. Yeah, and I think he'll right. he'll do well there. Like I mean, I think he will. He'll probably be refocused. He'll have a a, a
1: new, you know, a new effort. Um, kind yeah. of a rebirth maybe. Uh, and look, it's the whole DC thing too. You got to get out of you got to get out of town. These hometown things. I think that's a real deal.
0: I think it is. So you uh, think that that factors in? He yeah, I, he couldn't handle. I think at the home.
1: maturity level he was not ready for. Because this sense?
0: did this did remind me, and and just to address, there there was that. Story from The Athletic that the commanders basically view the young trade as a potential addition by subtraction is the way that that was worded. Yeah. Now, I didn't know all the behind the scenes with him. I know that he's a terrible quote for what we do. Yeah, that's <laughs> not good. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't express himself very well, but there's a lot of guys that don't express themselves well, but then they ball out on Sundays, Mondays, and sometimes Thursdays. And he's a guy that you know because he's a local kid. Because you invested in him, what you did, I thought that was maybe a guy that you try to give it another year or so with him. Sweat, I said it last week. If you can get a second round pick for sweat, yeah, go do that. Yeah, and sprinting and giggling because right. that's a great return, especially 100%. from Chicago, because yeah. that's going to be close. That's going to be yeah, that's, that's going to be early second it's round. Be a high second. That's yeah. a great. Lose, pick whatever. up there. Yeah. I mean, that's too good to refuse. For Chase, I think that his value is greater than that compensatory pick. And I know that this isn't going to be an apples-to-apples apples comparison. But I thought about this, and he's the same age as Sean Taylor when he started to put it together. He had some kind of knucklehead tendencies Early in his career, made some bad choices, wasn't living up to the draft potential and so forth. But then he had a child. I know that was kind of Mm -hmm. um, what and some as a girl dad, I know that that does change a man. Had the child uh, started to refocus, whether it was entirely on that or not, it's irrelevant. But he did refocus. He was starting to round out. And that's part of the great tragedy of his death is that it came at a time where he was rounding into being the man and the player that you hoped he would be at the same juncture, chase young. I mean, maybe it doesn't happen here. Maybe you're right. He does have to get out of town for him to realize that potential. I just thought that there was some sort of hope that he would be able to do that here. Dave Preston.
2: I think they had to figure out a way to get on the right track, spending wise with the cap, with uh, setting up their roster in a certain way and they just did, they had. Too, too many dollars committed on the defensive side of the ball, on the defensive line that, you know, you can, you had four four guys making primo money and you had to, you couldn't keep all four of them. You probably should have only, you probably should only keep two of them. And that's what they wound up doing. Now they have five picks in roughly the top 100, top 110, perhaps, at least. You can package some of those picks to sweeten up your second round or move up in the first. So there, there are going to be opportunities to load up on players or, you know, generate, maybe uh, be, be able to, to trade up, which they haven't been able to do when they've wanted to the last couple of years. So from an asset allocation standpoint, it was the right move. Unfortunately, these aren't assets. These are players. These are guys that you root for the guys that you hope uh, become cradle to grave players in Washington, or at least guys who spend the bulk of Productive careers here. Maybe they do a year or two in Miami or at uh, you know you know the Chargers or something <laughs> like that. But these are guys who you hope become great, especially when it's the second overall selection. You think of other you know great number two picks throughout the years. Lawrence Taylor is the first one that comes to mind. A great defensive player who was better than the first player picked in that draft, George Rogers. Uh, it, you hate to ship a guy like that out of town and not even get him on a second contract. But things worked against the commanders in the worst possible way. As far as the timing of his injury, if he gets injured a year earlier, a year later, things change perhaps, but things did not work out and you have to make these moves sooner rather than later, given the NFL economics. So on one level, it's a move that hurts to make in getting rid of these two guys, but they were moves that you wind up having to make if you want to be a good team in the future. If you want to be a contender in the future as opposed to being a team, middling team with way too much money spent on the defensive line in an offensive league.
0: And then on top of that, they're really deep at that position. They kept seven mm-hmm. defensive, not just defensive linemen, they kept seven defensive ends on their initial 53. And so you right. still have guys. James Smith Williams played a lot when Chase was hurt. He's going to be fine. And well. Casey
1: Tuhill is going to be fine. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so the thing is, like, what the difference between having Casey Tuhill and James Smith Williams on the edge and having Montez Sweat and Chase Young is not great enough right. to merit passing on the assets that they got. And here's the thing, and this is just a gut feeling, and I know it's not super on topic. I think they're multiplying picks in case they want to move up. In yeah. the draft, and right. it's like yeah. you move up in the draft. You know Caleb Williams. You know people have been kind of snickering at me for even suggesting, but I mean, no, all yeah, you do if, is if you, you suggest
1: Cam Newton. I haven't heard you say
0: Caleb I haven't Williams said, yet. No, no. No, yeah,
2: no, <laughs> You also, I think you also have <clears throat> with more picks, That's, you have more flexibility. Because, you know, previously they haven't had that flexibility, but right. now with multiple picks, they can afford to burn one or two here and move up and, hey, let's get three wide receivers or receivers in the second round like Vinny Serrano And here's Cerato the thing, did. with
0: draft picks, man, it's not about, the only reason you want quantity is so you have options. Either you're going to take a bunch of young players and you're going to hit on, you know, some of them. Right. It's more opportunities to hit. Or it's just extra assets to move up so you can get a guy so it's not even necessarily the quantity of the picks it's the quality of the picks and the more you have the more options you have um so do so we like both trades
1: yeah i i think it's i think it's totally fine i think josh harris is in charge ron Rivera is. it's funny hearing him talk like he's did this or hand or, or doing making it making the deals uh, I, think I woke
2: up it, at two in the morning and realized. Yes. I mean, his oh. you
1: know his his quotes, some quotes about I just watched the analytics of football and I we told Josh Harris about these moves and this and that. It's it's Harris is in charge. He's making these deals. The yep. Chase Young thing did not work. A lot of things, like I said, behind the scenes. Look, you just watch. He didn't. I don't say quitting, but he wasn't going full full speed. He's not. You just watch him. He's not. You know. Do I like the fact that they trash him kind of on the way out the door? No. I don't like that. The right. Mike that, Silver that piece. Was, yeah, that Mike was Mike Silver worked in the building. Yes, he wrote kind of a piece like that a couple years ago. I was reminded by it. I went back to read it when Ron Rivera starts talking about maturity and things like that at the end of his rookie year. That's who he's talking about. Fine. But it's – I don't like that the case, that the fact that they had to come out and say that after the fact. Yes. Uh, it just didn't work. Wish him well. It's fine. It didn't work. Number two ORL pick in your hometown. It didn't work. He got injured. Didn't come back. And, look, you could just see the, the, the hints from – uh, you know, the training away from the facility after his rookie year doing all these commercials. That's just – he can do what he wants. They're voluntary. I get it. But that just wasn't a good look right from the beginning. Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Yeah.
2: Worst case scenario, they finish last uh, in the league defensively. But you know what? They're already 31st in points allowed, 29th in yards allowed, 29th (laughs) against the pass, 31st passing efficiency, 21st against the run. They don't have that much far to fall without these guys. And you could say that, all right, a, a defensive line with four stars is one thing, but sometimes you need the grinders who will set up the stars. And I think maybe that's the kind of defensive line that we're going to see from here on out where, you know what, uh, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen are able to shine a little more because the guys who are just doing the little things that don't show up on the stat sheet, you know, give, give them more of a chance to build up their numbers.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you look at this franchise in their heyday, there wasn't a lot of star power, you know, it's like even the hogs, which is the most, you know, beloved unit in franchise history. Not every one of those guys was a first round pick. They had some guys who were undrafted and made their Jacoby
2: was drafted as a defensive lineman. Right. And they moved him and he or no, he wasn't even drafted. I think he was an unrestricted he was yeah. an undrafted, undrafted free agent. So and that was with twelve rounds. Yeah. You know, undrafted
0: and uh and ended up having a hell of a career. So uh-huh. maybe with James Smith Williams, who was close to getting undrafted, he was a seventh round pick. And with two hill, I'm pretty sure he was undrafted. Right. I mean Maybe these guys, you can get the similar production, you know, if these guys finish with five sacks or whatever, like, and not that it's all sacks, but maybe you see that unit play as a more cohesive unit, even if the individual pieces aren't as sexy.
2: As a guy who loves the TV show showtime or no winning time based yeah, winning on the book time. Showtime, time, right. when did the 82 Lakers kind of turn the corner? When Kurt Rambis got put in yeah. the starting lineup, and Rambis was not an All Star, but he was a guy who did the little things, who did the dirty work, yep. and I think perhaps that's the defensive line that we're going to see from here on out. How are you feeling about Sunday against New England?
0: Uh, I feel good about it actually. Uh, they owe them for that 52 to seven thrashing. I, I I can't I can't even shake that. Uh, That wasn't the last time they went to New England, but it was uh, 16 years ago now uh, when they went undefeated. Um, I don't think that Washington's going to blow them out, but I think they're going to play better than people think they will. And I'm going to throw a key stat here. New England loves to blitz, right? 37% of the time they blitz, fifth most in the league. Sam Howell was 12 of 14 passing, including one of his touchdowns on Sunday against Philly. had a 132.4 passer rating against the Blitz last week. Has a passer rating for the season in the mid-90s against the Blitz. He plays the Blitz well, and you could make the case that he's getting Blitz even when he's not getting Blitz because of the way he and the offensive line have played this season. But you saw the sack numbers go down. You saw them play a little better getting the ball out of his hands quick. I think they continue that. And the Patriots defense uh, doesn't play receivers well. So I think the receivers have another strong game. And I'm going to pick the Commanders to win this game 21-17. to 17. I think uh, Sam Howell has another three-touchdown game. I've got the uh,
2: Patriots winning this one. 23-11, to 11, mind you. I think uh, Bill Belichick always does well against uh, rookie quarterbacks. And even though Sam Howell is technically in his second season – in the NFL, he's still in his first 16, 17 start cycle. I think uh, I, I just think that uh, the uh, the Commanders have a habit of playing exactly to their opponent's level, uh, if not close to the opponent's level. They've played four last. They've played four teams so far this season that have been in last place. They barely beat uh, Arizona. They almost lost to Denver. They wound up losing uh, embarrassingly. So did to, to uh, the New York Giants, and they lost to the Chicago Bears as well. So I think I think they lose twenty-three to eleven, and a wicked awesome win for the uh, New England Patriots. And Sully from Southie uh, is all excited. <laughs> Heats up the microwavable burrito.
0: All right, we got time. George predictions. Yeah, pain. Pain. You It'll, it it, it you will wanna... be
2: painful to watch some of these no.
1: games. No, do you want to hear? Do you want to hear something about Sunday? What yeah. do you got? I think this team. I think the team rallies on Sunday after whatever yeah. happened this week. Right. It could go one of two ways. You're going you saw, against the grid. You saw, so I don't look at the grid. You saw, <laughs> you see some of the social media reaction after the trade, Cam Curl, and so on and so forth. So it could go one of two ways, could go completely in the tank. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it is. I think they play well. I think Two and James Smith Williams are going to play well. We've seen it before, and the Patriots cannot score. Yes. Yeah, okay. True. So, I mean, the number is 40 in this game. Right. Take the under. <laughs> oh, hands down. <laughs> the I think 21 points wins this game. I don't think the Patriots have scored 21
0: points. That's correct.
1: So they're going to win. Washington's going to win 21-16. Ooh.
0: He went one point off of mine. Oh, yeah. I didn't even hear you. I was outside. I said, tw- no. He was I was in was, a, you were right damn here when I said 21-17. No, I was
1: not. No, he was in a different no, room. Oh, that's right. I was, he was, in was in a different room. room.
0: Yeah. He was doing a sports cast. All right.
1: 21-16. You yeah, know, they rally this week. I don't know. I just have that feeling after everything that happened, you know. They're right on track
3: again. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> All right. Ben All right. Raby just joined us. You got a prediction for Sunday? Football, Ben. Football? Yes. Yeah. Not hockey. Yeah,
3: thanks. I, I was just, I was I was wondering when George was in the soundproof booth there. 21 is coming via three touchdowns or, or seven
0: field goals. Oh, that's a oh, good question. I didn't, oh, I didn't say that. How's the offense moving the ball? They're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah.
3: But yeah. Let's go, Commanders. Let's go. It's it's all in the same family here, so I'll, I'll just I'll yeah, just switch it up. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, Thirty to ten 30 for the Commanders. 10. Yeah. Look at I, you. I just want to be different. Yeah. Smackdown. You are different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. I mean, first so of all, is you're the prediction. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're built different. First of all, Ben Raby, uh joining us, and we appreciate that, and always love it. <laughs> um, today's
3: visit was catered, so thank you.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, when the little it, things. Yeah, it's a little. Yeah, it's behind-the-scenes humor here. Whenever there is food, Ben Raby will be there also. Um, Nick Backstrom is um, – I, I, can we call it a retirement? Is he coming back? Because it doesn't uh, – just the whole tenor of it, the way the players were talking about it yep. in the aftermath of him walking away to focus on his health, it feels think, retirement-y. Yes, it
3: feels retirement-y. I would be surprised if he returns. They're just not closing the door on that possibility. There are financial considerations in play as well. <laughs> mm. There's a number of things. Yeah, look, we saw we saw with the Nationals in all seriousness last summer with Steven Strasburg, yeah. and the way that all unfolded. This is certainly under control organizationally as yeah. far as how this is being handled. Everyone's on the same page, and I think for an athlete of of Backstrom's caliber and the resume and everything he has accomplished, I, I, I would understand as well if there's hesitation on his part. To officially use that word. You know how these guys are programmed. They'll do everything in their power to at least mentally say that door is, you know, point one percent open. So it, it's not officially retirement. It's stepping away for now.
2: Ben, you've been a part of the broadcasts uh, for the Caps for the bulk of uh, Nicholas Backstrom's career. What sticks with you having getting the opportunity to see him skate every sure. single night and seeing him play every season?
3: I just uh, a lot of the subtleties you know Alex Ovechkin he takes so many of the headlines Ovechkin plays a loud game he plays a heavy game he brings physicality he's the goals and the finisher and everything and Backstrom for 15 plus years for 17 seasons was like the perfect compliment the the yin to the yang and all that but just the subtlety the playmaker their personalities were different and he was able you don't often see this in all sports you don't always see this across all sports Two superstars where one says, All right, the other, I get it. He gets the headlines. He gets the attention on the ice, off the ice. But Backstrom's game was a lot more subtle. That should not be confused for a lack of intensity or drive. That was all there. But it was almost, it was like, it looked effortless with Backstrom. And that's the thing. Ovechkin got the headlines for good reason. But Backstrom, even nationally, even in hockey circles, he did not always get the attention and maybe the full appreciation that his game produced because it was. So subtle and almost effortless.
0: Almost like what we were talking about with the defensive ends for yeah. the commanders. Um, you know, he's not the superstar guy who's making a ton of all star teams, but really just a glue guy. That was a foundational piece of their championship run. Well,
3: m- m- more than a glue guy, I'll say. Yeah. But to, to your point, I mean, he made one all star game appearance, which. Right. Speaks in effect as well to the flaws with the All Star Game <laughs> selection process, yeah. but one All Star Game appearance, and I even think it was as an injury replacement, and he had a vacation booked in the Caribbean and oh, wasn't even thrilled to go. But yeah. everyone was so happy for him to yeah. go that right. year because right. they just said th- this guy has deserved this so many times before, where he's been overlooked. But that that even goes to show you. That's what I'm saying. It even in hockey circles, it just it. Seemed always underappreciated and almost undervalued to an extent, but those certainly in the Capitals organization are well aware that right up there with Ovechkin, you look at the way the franchise turned itself around over the past 15, 20 years, Ovechkin and Backstrom were together for 17 of no. those seasons, and yeah. he, was, he was right there. Eight games into the season, Ben. What gives you cause for confidence with this
2: team? They have won three straight entering November. Uh, What gives you cause for concern regarding this club, having had the chance to see them skate eight eight games?
3: Yeah, I think the the cause for concern is still that I think the competition in the Eastern Conference is very good, and they've won a few games in succession here, yes, but the way they started out of the gate very sluggishly, uh, they're going to... I think they're going to find that there, there's a lot of good teams around them in the standings that even, as we noted earlier this year, if they are a better team than they were last year, it does not guarantee that they necessarily get in the playoffs. I think there's a lot of skilled teams, a lot of good teams on the rise around them. And you wonder, further to the concern, with the age of the players, they're pretty healthy right now. Yeah. Knock on wood. You, you hope that stays the case. There are a few guys dealing with bumps and bruises already. So you hope over the course of the 82 game grind, that they, they do stay, you know, relatively healthy. With the positive, you look at a couple of the younger guys still in their 20s: Tom Wilson, Dylan Strom, They've played very well out of the gate right here. You don't have Backstrom. Connor McMichael's moving to center ice lower down the dub chart, but Connor McMichael his first full NHL season. He's holding his own this kid, a 2019 first round pick. He could be a, you know, the centerman of the future. I'm not going to say the backstrom of the future, but yeah. a key centerman of the future and he's had a good start. So you look at Strom, you look at Wilson, you look at McMichael, three forwards who are certainly doing heavy lifting and they'll have to continue to do so if the caps hope to continue to, to move up the standings and how long does Strom stay in cy young contention i didn't even know that was a thing until i read the article about that where
2: they look at the guy's yep. goals and assists and if he's got what would be a good pitching record he's a cy young kid yeah,
3: he's six and zero. Oh. we call that the craig Lachlan special in the broadcast booth <laughs> when when you have that many more goals than you do assists and you know some players you know but hey in all seriousness okay he's playing with alex ovechkin that takes uh, that takes some cojones yeah, if, if, Nick, yeah. if if Alex Ovechkin is yeah, on your wing. Absolutely. In all seriousness, that takes some confidence. That takes a guy who says, "I'm ready to make a difference myself." A lot of guys defer to number eight. If you have the ability to keep yourself and to shoot, look, Ovi Ovi's the opposite. He's got two goals, six assists. So maybe a change. It. No, yeah. I wouldn't go that far. No. But, <laughs> but by uh, the way, the first time "cojones"
1: has ever been used on this uh, podcast, I think. I think, you know, I think oh, that's man. right. I'll I have to check to, the uh, archives. I Have to censor
3: myself correct. quickly. Yeah. So Control F to something else. Control F. See if it's been used. <laughs> Could say Chutzpah if you prefer. No, I like cojones.
0: Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. Do you have any more? All right.
2: Uh, for hockey, no. But a big uh, college football weekend ahead as we enter closing month. It's where championships are determined. Who's in the playoff? How much will your coach get on his buyout? Things of that vein. <laughs> for the how, local- how many
3: wins can you collect without getting a bowl invite? James?
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Well. What, what, what I like about this weekend is that all the games are going to be done by 7. So for those of you out there who enjoy watching college football but want to make plans, you're done by 7 o'clock, basically. Right. Uh, what I, uh, Virginia and Navy both have winnable games in the conference. Uh, Cavaliers are home against Georgia Tech. Navy's on the road against a very bad Temple team that's actually led by uh, Kurt Warner's son, E.J. Warner, who is a good passer, but he's, he's in a bad program. Uh, Virginia Tech at Louisville, that's going to be a tough one for the Hokies, but this one's actually for second place in the ACC. Whoever wins will be in the driver's seat to make the ACC championship game, which is crazy in and of itself that we're talking about the Hokies doing that. James Madison still unbeaten. The big one on the docket, Maryland-Penn State. Terrapins, I think, are 342-1. and Against uh, the Nittany Lions over the years, they've been outscored an average of 35 to 10 the last five years. So this is a short and long term disadvantage they've had Maryland the last three weeks or the last three games and their losses turnovers have really hurt them where teams have been able to take the turn those takeaways into points happened with the pick six against Ohio State happened right before the half against Illinois happened uh, on the second possession, I think, against Northwestern. They've got to do a better job taking care of the football or we're going to have a 5-4 and four team in College Park.
0: All right. We, nobody wants that, especially George Wallace. George Wallace doesn't want that. No, I, no.
2: Sorry we didn't meet up for homecoming. I did bring the chips. They're still in my car. Yeah. Bowl eligibility
3: again.
0: Yeah, do you think? I. <laughs> it's, the thing it's a weekly is, tradition. It's such a low bar, too. It's, it's good. Well, yeah. We won six games. Great.
3: And not
2: to sound, well, going to sound like old guy here. Back in the day, in the 80s and 90s, if you won seven games, maybe even eight, depending on how high or low of a profile your school was, that was no guarantee of getting into a bowl. Now teams get in, you win six games, so that means in the SEC, you go two and six, you beat the FCS school that you stuff your schedule with, you beat Mm -hmm. two non-Power 5 schools, and then you beat, you know say, another last place team, you beat like an Iowa State. So you can be, I mean, it's the world we live
1: in, sadly. Yeah. Oh, there's 1,800 bowls.
2: Yeah, there are. I mean, as long
0: someone's got to play
3: in Bahamas I mean, on look, December 16th. Someone's but... got
0: to dump mayonnaise on your coach's head. Oh, and they right. yeah. right. If there's a way to slap a sponsor on it, they'll create a bowl for you. All right, this What's was another bowl? fun edition this of our the game, DC huh? Sports It's so? a bowling alley, George. Yeah. Are rally? we going to get a
2: sponsor? Yeah pull on weed eater we dc yeah. sports hub
0: yeah we're also yeah i mean i would actually say it i mean contractually i would do it and it would make it fun i thought like, this was a fun. Like, yeah this is This. Is. they're all fun <laughs> i'm just baiting george for the as we time. close the huddle i'm rob Woodfork, george wallace dave preston and thank you ben raby Thanks, for funny, huh? visiting us actually you're home this is not a visit. This is. You've got, got a suit home. on. You're home. home. Yeah. And, yeah. He's, he's, Thanks for stepping yeah. on the ice for a shit. Exactly. And nice and lunch. You go. Yeah. And this is us closing out the huddle. Thought you break the huddle.
1: Yeah. Now
2: you break the huddle too.